Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wassalatu wassalam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbak wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbak ya arhamar rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us knowledge that will increase our ibadah, knowledge that will make us better worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send the best of salats and blessings on our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who shed light on the reality of this world. The Prophet ﷺ, he told us that you're all sleeping. When you die, you wake up. And he's telling us that there's a reality to this world that is around us. And his teachings and the Quranic teachings, they wake us up to that deeper reality. They let us know what is truly happening around us. Um, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the scholars of our ummah who came before. The scholars of this ummah who came and shed light on this path that's in front of us. Um, they, 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 they highlighted the things that would get in the way of us worshiping so that we could be aware of them and be cognizant of them before they came and we could prepare for those things. And so this, the book that we're studying is Minhajul Abidin by Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala. And for those just joining us, Imam Ghazali rahimahullah has structured this book as a pathway. Our, our, our journey is back home. We're trying to get back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, the only way back to Allah is through ibadah, worship of Allah. That's what we're here for. That is what the Quran teaches us we're here for, is worship of Allah. And he says, however, it's not that easy. It's not that easy because there are things on this pathway of worship that will get in the way. Okay, bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And so the Prophet ﷺ taught us that this pathway back to Allah is a pathway of worship. But that pathway of worship has different obstacles, hurdles, hindrances on that way. And so what Imam Ghazali, he said is, he said that the first hurdle that you're going to come across when you want to start worshiping Allah, the first thing that you're going to encounter is that you're going to need knowledge. Knowledge is the first thing that you need because knowledge wakes you up to the reality of what this world is, who you are, where you're going and where you came from. And then he said, after you have knowledge, you're going to start to want to worship Allah. You're going to start to want to move forward on this path, but you're going to feel shackled down by something. And that thing shackling you back is going to be your sins, the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, there's only one way around disobedience, guys. There's only one way. The beautiful thing about our deen, Islam, is that there's no intermediary between us and God. There's no sacrifice needed for you to gain repentance. All it means is your heart turns back to Allah, and that is what Tawbah truly represents. And so last week, we, we climbed that last hurdle, and we said that, that the, the last hurdle, not the last one, there's many more. We climbed that second hurdle. That second hurdle was the hurdle of repentance. And what I said about repentance, one last thing, is that repentance is a state of constantly trying to become the better you, the best you. The you that you want to be remembered in your eulogy. That's the you that you want to be every day. And every day you're not that person. You come back to Allah and you say, Ya Allah, forgive me. And because Allah's love language is forgiveness, He opens His arms and says, Come on back. 
come on back. I'm always here for you. And it is only shaitan that will tell you Allah doesn't want you to come back. If any moment you feel that Allah doesn't want me to come back, it's only shaitan. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's door is always open. And now we approach the third hurdle. And the third hurdle, he says, actually consists of four things. And I told you Imam Ghazali is the king of drop-down menus. So the fourth hurdle is actually four different things, like 4A, I mean the third hurdle, third A, third B, third uh, C, and D. So the first thing we're going to talk about today, well, the only thing we'll talk about today is the next hurdle you'll encounter. And I really struggled. I, I, I texted a sheikh of mine. I'm not even joking, y'all. Keeping it real. Hunt it. I, I texted a sheikh of mine. And I said, sheikh, I got to talk about something, but my heart struggles. He said, just keep it real. I was like, I could do that. <laughs> if there's one thing I could do is I could keep it real. The next hurdle, y'all, is called the hurdle of dunya, the hurdle of this world. The hurdle of this world. He says that this world, he says, He says, oh, you the one who wants to worship God. The next thing you have to do is remove the hindrances that will be in front of you. And the first of those hindrances is this dunya, this world. And you have to push it away. You have to push it and cross this hurdle by two things. Detachment and abstinence. Tajarrud and, and zuhud. He says you have to detach from it. Let go of it. Let go of it. And you have to not even want it. And he says there's two reasons, y'all. There's two reasons why you got to detach from the dunya. Why you got to detach from this world. Hold on one second. A lot of people, you know, we get a lot of non-Muslims that come through. They listen. And uh, this word, we drop these words. And they be like, I don't know. He talked about some dun something the whole time. <laughs> so let me break down dunya. Uh, you know, the best way to understand dunya is this worldly life, right? This worldly life that we're in right now. But the thing is, it's not just this worldly life. It's the illusion that the worldly life offers you. The illusion that it can please you and satisfy you. The illusion that if you just get more of me, I will make you happy. The illusion that what you have will last forever. That's dunya. The way I look at dunya low-key is like monopoly money, yo. Like monopoly money. When you play in monopoly, you're like, I'm a baller, yeah. Right? You buying houses, hotels. You feel amazing. Yeah, I ain't play Monopoly, it looks like. All right, whatever. <laughs> that was my game. Kid is a game. Game is a kid. We play Monopoly like crazy. You feel amazing. But the only one who realizes that Monopoly is just a game is the one who wins it. When you get to the top, you realize I have nothing. The dunya is this illusion that, is, that was made for us here. But here's the, here's the crazy part. It's not that this dunya is a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when you make it the objective of life. It's a tool that God gave you so that you can plant the seeds of your akhirah. Hear me out. It is a soil that you can plant seeds in for your akhirah. But the dunya only becomes blameworthy when you make it the objective of what you live for. Please hear me out. Please hear me out. So he says you will only be able to 
cross this hurdle by detaching yourself from it and abstinence from it. Abstinence from it. Detachment and abstinence from it. He says there's two reasons why. He's like, you might not think this is that serious. Who cares? It's just a little world. It's just a little dunya. Mm -mm. He says there's two reasons why. Number one reason why you have to cross this hurdle and, and, and push it away. Number one, so that your worship will be straight and you do a lot of it. Why? Because the more you want, the less time and the more you don't have room for ibadah. He says, the more you want the dunya, it busies you. It busies you with overtime, with an extra project, with a little bit of this, a little bit extra this, 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 this. We're never done. The rat race keeps going like that wheel in the hamster thing. We just keep running. But you never get a chance for ibadah. But he goes deep here. He says, not only does it busy you, it busies your external form, but even worse, it busies your mind. So he says, he says, the way the dunya preoccupies your body is you keep working, you keep seeking it. You keep going after it. So by the time you get done with all your striving for the dunya, you get home, time for prayer. You're like, I'm tired, I'm done. And I want to pause here. I'm not talking about the person grinding out, single mom, trying to put food on the table for their family. That's not dunya. Imam Ghazali says it clearly. He says the dunya you have to refrain from is the extra. It's the extra that we're talking about, y'all. Those storage units y'all got. <laughs> Uh, auto storage unit, that's the best business in America. Because all we do is consume, 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 consume. So I'm not talking about the single mother who's grinding two jobs just to make sure that her two children have something to eat. That was my mom. Because it wasn't about extra, that's just about the basic. When he says dunya, he's talking about excess. Didn't nobody in this room need an iPhone 15 three days ago? I'm just keeping it real. Nobody, you wasn't even, you, I was good. We were great. Action button, man, come on. <laughs> I'm serious, I want you to realize that, that they, they, they just keep putting another carrot in front of us. And what Ghazali says is, so long as they put another carrot in front of you, your body stays preoccupied to go after it. But then he goes deeper. He says, batunuk. but the worst thing is that your heart begins to desire and want it. Both of these things, your external preoccupation and your internal uh, 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 you know, obsession, both of these stop you from ibadah. He says, listen, The heart is one. When you busy yourself with one thing, every yes you say is a no to another thing. Every no you say is a yes to another thing. So when you say yes to more dunya, you're, you're saying no to more ibadah. Every yes is a no. Every yes is a no. And so what he's saying right here is he's saying that the example of this worldly life in the akhirah is like east and west. You go one way, you go on away from the other one. Simple as that. 
You're going away from one, you're going against the other one. So I want to stop here. Because what is the dunya to me? Is hugging my wife after I get home from a long day of work dunya? No. I get udger for that. Is calling my mom, mom, how are you doing? I miss you, dunya. I get udger for that. Is, is going for a run with my son, Qasim. We did that like an hour ago. Is that dunya? No. I want reward for that from God. What I want us to understand is our minds have, have this notion that everything enjoyable is dunya and everything that is not enjoyable is ibadah. La. The most enjoyable things are ibadah. Because you don't do them for themselves, you do them because of what God gives you through them or for them. And so the Prophet when he's talking about the dunya, he's not talking about who you love for the sake of God, what you love for the sake of God, the things you do. I'll be real, you go to the gym regularly. Here's the key, you take care of your body. For the sake of God, every second is ibadah. But the moment you start like, <laughs> I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. Now you gotta check yourself. To be strong is to take care of the, the, the amana God gave you, but to want to show off. Now maybe you're doing it for the dunya now. It's in you. It's about what you're doing it for. And what you don't realize is that the prophet has taught us, he's taught us something profound because other people go through these actions and end at a dead end and say, what did I do it for? You start off the action and you know why you're doing it. So you never lose. You don't have a mid-life Christ got to go just bungee jumping. <laughs> because you had purpose the whole time you were doing whatever it is that you were doing. I just want us to understand what is ibadah, what is dunya, what you do for this world, for here, for now, for your nafs, that's dunya. And what you do for Allah, what you put forward, what you give, that's akhirah. That's akhirah. So he says that the first reason you need to detach yourself is because it's going to preoccupy you. You won't have the room for ibadah because you're busy physically. And you won't have the mental space because the moment you get busy and you say, Allahu Akbar, all of a sudden the advertisements are just going through your head one after the next, one after the next, one after the next. Umar ibn Khattab, he says that Umar said, He goes, if there was anyone that could have balanced dunya and striving with the akhirah, it would have been me. But I couldn't do it, so I left it. I left it. The Prophet wasallam, in one hadith, he said, I'm not worried that y'all are going to be poor. This is your Habib speaking to you. Listen closely. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I'm not worried you're going to be poor. Walakin, listen closely. Aksha alaykum and tubsat dunya alaykum. I'm worried that the dunya is just going to open up for you. And you could get this, you could get that, you could get this, you could get that. You could buy on demand, click and buy, click and buy, click and travel, click and do, click in this. And what happens? What happens next? Then you and your peers are going to start competing with one another. Whose pool is bigger? Whose house is bigger? Whose car is faster? Now we're competing in the dunya, racing. 
Racing in Monopoly, yo. Racing in Monopoly. Who got more hotels? Ajib, crazy. And then he says, It will destroy you. It will destroy you. All you will do is spend the rest of your life competing, going after, going after, going after, going after. And so he continues. What does he say? Imam Ghazali, he says, uh, the second reason why you need to get rid of the dunya, you need to let go of it, is so that the value of your ibadah goes up. See, the more you invest anywhere, the more you look forward to seeing that investment. Just hear me out. The more you, the more you put into that Roth IRA, all of a sudden retirement, you'd be like, yo, I can't wait for retirement. Because you just keep putting in. One of my, scout, one of my teachers, he said, the reason why y'all don't want to go to Akhirah, because you haven't been investing in it. You've only been investing here, so you don't want to dip. You don't want to go to the hereafter. But if you started investing, if you started giving stuff in the path of God, and, and here's the deal, the reason why we can't give is because of the attachment that these things have to our heart. I want to share a narration with y'all. And this just, it's just, it, it blew my mind. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he made us, I, I know it's going to sound like hyperbole, but he made us kings and queens of this world by teaching us that you are made, the world is made for you, not you for it. That he taught us that, that we're the ones that are supposed to control it, not it control us. And so the Prophet ﷺ one day, listen to this narration. The Prophet ﷺ was having a little bit of, like, politely with Adib, we can say, issues with his wives. There was an issue that came up, right? And the Prophet was sitting in the house kind of a little bit stressed, right? Which goes to show it. problems at home are not a big deal. Everyone goes through that. That's life. So he's there at home, and obviously in tough times, you need close friends. Umar, he comes, knocks at the door, and he comes in. And the narration is beautiful. <laughs> he says, I came into the Prophet room and he was laying on a straw mat and he had an izar on, izar, just like from the belly button down. Like men wrap up, just put a belly button down type thing on. And his top was uncovered. And when the Prophet sat up, the imprint from the straw mat could be seen on his side. And Umar radiallahu an is sitting cross-legged, looking at the Prophet sallam as he wakes up. And Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, he says, I looked around the room and I want you to see it. He says, I see a bowl for water. I see a, a pile of wheat. I see one pillow. And I look around this room and then I look at the prophet who's imprinted from this, this mat he laid on. And he said, I began to cry. I began to truly cry looking at him. And the prophet looks at him and he says, Ma Why are you crying, Omar? Omar's a tough man. He don't cry a lot. It's got to be big. What's going on, Omar? Why are you crying? And he says, he just let it out. He says, Ya Rasulullah, why shouldn't I cry? 
Look at the leader, Caesar, the leader Caesar, the leader of Persia. They have food, they have castles, they have all of this. But here you are. You are the prophet of God. We've seen the moon split for you. We've seen water from your hands. We've seen you multiply food. We know you're the prophet of God, chosen one. But look at this room. The prophet, what do you think he did? Like, oh, thank you. No, the prophet, the prophet sat up. He said, Afika Shek, Ya Umar, you have doubt? He goes, he goes, that stuff is for them here. That's for us over there. Then he says something profound. He says, My example in this world. He says, what do I care about this world? Now remember, this is a man who loves people. This isn't a man who goes off into a cave and doesn't interact with people. He plays with his grandchildren. He loves his wife. He cheers people up in his community who are sad. This is a man deeply engaged with the community. But when you talk on this level, he goes, bro, what do I care about this world? He goes, my example in this world, listen closely. My example in this world is like a traveler who's traveling to a certain destination, found a tree to get shade under, stopped under the tree, to take a break, and I'm going to leave the tree behind. This world is that tree, y'all. My teachers gave a great example. They used to say, and I love it, it's an airport. It's an airport. What does that mean? You don't try to get all plush in the airport, except you got the card, get in that room, but <laughs> I ain't get the card yet, whatever. But yo, you, you, you got a two-hour layover, you just deal with it. You're like, okay, cool. You deal with that because it's temporary. But can you imagine your state if in your mind the only thing there was was the airport? What's crazy, I even thought about it deeper. Price of everything is even higher in the airport. That means you gotta sacrifice more for it. What I'm trying to say is that the Prophet he taught us something deep here. He taught you that this world is a means for your akhirah. Treat it like that. It is not the objective of your life. Please let that hit your heart. That car, get whatever car you want. But if you think it will bring you satisfaction, I'm sorry. The prophet has already saved you from that letdown. Get the house you want. So long as you understand that it's not the objective of life. Our prophet, وسلم, he taught you how to be a king of this world, a queen of this world. He said, You are not rich by having much. You are rich when you realize you don't need anything. When you don't need anything. I'm good. I'm good. I, I was sitting looking, man, like I'm looking at what Allah's blessed me with. And I remember when me and wifey was in the one bedroom, one and a half bedroom joint. That joint was large. We was chilling, running around 700 square feet. <laughs> but what happens is you keep looking at the Joneses. Y'all know who the Joneses are. <laughs> yeah, suburban folk. <laughs> the Joneses is the people that got more. We just keep looking at the Joneses. What do the Joneses have? 
and we see what they have, and then now I got to upgrade. I got to upgrade. I got to upgrade. He taught us how to be rich. He taught us how to overcome this world. But he taught us that you will be destroyed once you begin to compete with one another in the acquisition of the world. And that's the prophetic message. So what does Imam Ghazali say to us, rahimahullah ta'ala? He says, two reasons why you need to let go of the dunya, detach and abstain from it. Number one is so that your mind and body are free to worship. Mind and body free to worship. Every no is a yes. Every yes is a no. And the second reason is so that you could do more ibadah and that you value the worship. Then he says, well, how do we get this detachment? How do we abstain from the dunya? The word in Arabic is called zuhud. In Arabic, there's a word called zuhud. Zuhud is when you don't need the dunya. I'm good. I'm okay. And in fact, when you avoid it. And I told you I struggled with this dars for today. Because it's hard in the heart. Zuhud is hard. Jesus, Isa, was known to be a zahid. He was known to have no possessions. Our, our tradition tells us one day the Hawadiyin, they asked Jesus, the disciples, they said, oh, master of ours, how is it that you walk on water? But we can't. It was a miracle of Jesus. He was known. Christians know, all know it. Walked on water. He asked them, he said, uh, what is a dirham and dinar to you? They said gold and silver. He said, a dirham and dinar to me is the same as mud. That's why I walk on water. There's no difference. There's no difference. It's all the same. The reality of it to him. Now, that's a whole nother level. I just want you to know what zuhud means. It means to, to just, just say enough. I'm good. I don't need anymore. So what does he say? How do we gain it? Three things. Three things if you do this, inshallah, you'll be able to start to leave the dunya, let go of it. And remember, I already said, a man who loved his children, loved his wives, was a community member, gave charity. The prophet was the best example of that, but he still didn't want the dunya. When he died, he had nothing. Even his armor was collateral because he gave it to someone to feed somebody else. That's how our prophet passed away. It's a hard topic. So what does he say? He says the very first thing that you're going to need to do the very first thing that you're going to need to do is I love it. Stop searching for what you don't have. Stop searching for what you don't have. Right now, if all of us thought about what we don't have, we could spend the next hundred years striving and we will still see stuff that we don't have. It never ends. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, if the son of Adam had a valley of gold, this is our Prophet speaking to us. He said, if you had a valley of gold, everyone in this room, if you had a valley of gold, everyone would be like, I'll be good, y'all. I know what he's saying, but I'll be good. Like me, I'll be good. The Prophet's like, no. You have a valley of gold? He says, I guarantee you just want another valley. And you can see it in your life. You graduated college, whatever, you got a job paying 50 grand, you were like, ooh, Starbucks, yeah, having a great time. 
But now all of a sudden you got 50 grand, you like, yo, we got, you called a boss, email, excuse me, I like to meet. <laughs> Switching IT jobs every three months, right? I know. <laughs> so you can stay in the market. I don't know what y'all call it, whatever. Because now, now 100 grand ain't enough. Because you had one valley, now you need another valley. And you need another valley. And then you need another valley. And guess what? Our prophet saved you from that struggle. He said already, it won't stop. So just stop now. Stop now. Can you imagine if you were able to say, Allah, I gave you my best years for worship? You, I gave you my 20s, y'all, Allah. Can you imagine, y'all? I'm, I'm 40, right? But I converted at 20, so I'm at 20. <laughs> yes. I converted at 18, so I'm 20 right now. No, can you imagine you able to say to Allah, y'all, I gave you my 30s, y'all, Allah. When everybody else was in the rat race, saying, y'all, I'll give you my 50s. Y'all, I'll give you my 60s. You want to give Allah the weakest time of you? Why don't you give him the most beautiful time of you? And I'm solving it for you by telling you, you will have enough. But if enough is more, you'll never have enough. You'll, I say it again, you will have enough. But if enough means more, I can't solve your problem. I can't solve your problem. So he says the first thing you need to do to leave the dunya is stop searching for what you don't have. In other words, keep looking at what you have. Keep looking at what you have. Keep looking at what you have. Next thing, this is the hard one. He says, in part with, with what you gathered, Part with what you've gathered. This is hard. I ain't going to front. It's hard. Give away some of the stuff you love. You're not allowed to give away things that will harm you and your family. I ain't giving you my car. It ain't happening. Right? But give away some of what you love. Because that separation breaks that love of dunya. And because you did it for akhirah, it increases love of akhirah. You, it's just pure psychology. Just, just give it away. Break it. I remember this moment. I was, I was like three months Muslim. And this, I walked up to this guy in the masjid. And, and he had this nice watch on. I was like, that's a very nice watch. I kid you not. He, and I'm like, what type of human beings are y'all? I want to rock M-U-S-L-I. <laughs> Native Dean is halal, chill out. No, I'm like, what type of, what's the spirit of these people? And I realized it was the Muhammadan in them. It was the Muhammad nature. Because, because when, the, when the dunya opened up to him, when he was given everything after Fatih Mecca, people came one after the next, give me some, give me some. And he just gave and gave, and gave, and word spread. They said, man, this man gives as if he doesn't fear poverty. He gives as if he doesn't fear poverty. Because it wasn't what he wanted in life. Because he realized how empty it was as a objective of life. But as a tool, see, this is beautiful. Did the prophet take the wealth and just burn it? When all that wealth came, did he just destroy it? The dunya's curse. Let's destroy this wealth. No, he used it as a tool to bring people close. 
Because it's not an objective. It's a means. It's a means. It's a means. So give it up. And I'm not talking go through your, your closet and give the old stuff. Give the new stuff. Give the nice stuff. Those Vela hijabs are wrong. What tarkul irada tuha? Number three. Number three. Excuse me, sisters. Uh, number three. Number three, he said, after number one. Number one is to stop seeking it. Number two is to give it away. Give it away. And number three is a result of the first two. Stop desiring more. Now, this is the hard thing. Because every few months, every week, a new product is coming out. And you know how capitalism is, y'all. They're going to keep us buying, keep us wanting. But the Prophet said, Ta'isa Abdul Dinar, may curse be the slave of the dollar or the, or the, the gold or silver. Be the slave of Allah. Be the slave of Allah. He says, the whole thing comes down to your heart. What you want. Do you want this dunya? Or do you want Allah? And to use the dunya to gain Allah's pleasure. Thumma alayka. He says, He says, the hardest thing is to cut your heart from it. To cut your heart. The, 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 the easy one is to, to, to not seek it. The easy one is to give it away. The hard part is to cut your heart off from it. Like, I don't want it. I'm good. But he says, inshallah, if you do the first two regular, you'll get to the point where the heart stops desiring it, inshallah. He says, as he says, he says, If a person is perpetually doing the first two, meaning stopping searching for what you don't have and giving away what you do have, it is hoped by the grace of God, hoped by the grace of God, that Allah will give you the last one, which is, you're good. I'm good. I don't need more. I don't need more. I'm good. Next. Uh, and, and we'll pray, inshallah ta'ala. I know, you know, Maghrib's coming earlier and earlier. Inshallah, we're going to pray around 45, inshallah ta'ala, 45. Then he says, the next thing I need you to do, to help you drop the love for it, this is interesting. You got to remember the reality of the dunya. What do I mean by that? He says, by its nature, this world lies to you. As I said in the beginning, it tells you that it, you get me, I'll, you'll be happy. I'll be with you all the time. I'll give you safety. I'll protect you. What does he say? Dunya lies. This world lies to you by nature. So he says, you have to remember the reality of it. This will help you get it out of your heart. The reality of it is that in a short time, no one's going to want it. That car everyone wants, just go through the junkyard. Short time passes. Why do I care about it? He says, remember the reality of it. He goes forward. He says, uh, I want to go into this one a little bit more. He says, some people, some people give up the dunya because they realize it ain't all that. It's, it's, it ain't all that. Like if you live, a, like you live a fulfilled life, you get to the, you know, whatever age, and you realize like everything they told me would suffice, none of them did. So you kind of dislike the dunya and are ready for akhirah 
because the dunya lets you down. What he says, he goes, as a young 20, 30, 40 year old, he goes, don't give up the dunya because of your hate for it, because that's not real levels of, of closeness to God. But rather, give up dunya out of your love for God. Not how bad you are, because he's like, if you low-key still talk about how bad something is, low-key you still got feelings for it. <laughs> yes, he said that. <laughs> Imam Ghazali, low-key, he literally said that. He said, if you are mentioning you don't like something and all you do is talk about how bad it is, it's because you still got feelings for that thing. He goes, no, nah, we don't want no feelings for that dunya. The dunya doesn't matter to me. What matters is akhirah. So I want to love, give up the dunya because I love Allah. Not because the dunya let me down. You know why this will help you? Because there might come a moment Allah opens it up to you. And it's not letting you down. In that moment, are you still able to give preference to Allah? In that moment, are you still able to give preference to the akhirah? In that moment, are you able to say, I don't need this world. I don't want this world. Then he goes forward. I mean, I, Allah give us strength, y'all. I, I, my mind is blown just because the secret he taught us is to turn your back on it and it runs to you. But so long as you chase it, it runs away. So the prophet said, just stop worrying about it. Don't worry. Okay, he goes forward and he says, uh, maybe you ask the question. Naam. You ask the question, what amount of this world must I drop? I need some, some sustenance to live. He says, فَإِنْ قِيلَ فَلَا مِنْ قَدْرِ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا لِيَكُونُ قِيْوَامًا لَنَا He goes, what if I, what if, I need enough dunya to live. Sheikh, you're telling me to drop the world and give up all this stuff. He goes, no, 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 listen to me. فَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الزُّهُدْ فِي الْفُضُولِ Zuhud is in the extra. In the fudul, the extra. مِمَّا لَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ قِوَامِ الْبِنْيَةِ The stuff you don't need. The stuff you don't need. And I just want you to try for this week. I want for this week you did not focus on getting more in the time you were putting to that to give it to your zikr, give it to Allah. Just try for a week and watch what it brings you. The time you would Amazon, maybe, 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 reviews, this, that, and the third, shop a bit. No, no, no. For one week, I ask you to do something. Stop seeking more of everything. Stop seeking more of everything. In the time that you were spending seeking more, all I'm asking you to do is spend a little bit more time in talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of a sudden you'll realize, wow, I have time. And not only that, this is the key. This is the key. We all know. You know what I was thinking about? Why are unboxings so hype? No, for real. I, and it, it starts young. My, my daughter might be in here, so. So I just got them something, right? So I opened one of them, and my daughter came up. She's like, Dad, before, don't open mine. Don't, oh, I was like, okay, I get it. Because I understand. I didn't think she got that yet, right? She's like, I want to open it. I want to be the one to open it. And you know what's amazing is 
They say, from a neurological perspective, the best bite of a piece of steak is before you even put it in. From that moment on, it's getting worse, 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 worse. That's the nature of dunya. And that's why we shop, but we don't use. It's the, it's the thrill of chasing, not the acquisition. Because acquisition doesn't satiate us. The prophet, is he, the prophet gave us such a roadmap to life, y'all. You gonna be unboxing things for eternity? Just unboxing? That's it? That's your life? Or are you gonna realize that my nafs wants something? The dunya can't give it to me. Allah says, listen, I am what your heart desires. It's not the new kicks, it's not the new J's, it's not likes, it's not anything. You are looking for something. You're searching for something. But I'm here to tell you, Prophet I'm here to tell you what you're truly searching for is Allah. And the more you try to put into your heart, the more it seems like it can't be filled. But it can only be filled by one thing, the infinite. <laughs> That's the only thing. The infinite. You could try 16, 17 in this room, like I hear what he's saying, but I'm 19. I'll see you in a few years. Or you could say, Ya Allah, I want to give you my best years. I want to give you my 20s. I want to give you what I have right now. And I want to stop chasing this world. I started this lesson, and on my way here, it hit me. The, there's a narration where they say 40 people gather, there's always one friend of God. 40 people gather, there's always one friend of God in the gathering. How many awliya in this room? How many friends of Allah in this room right now? And it's low key because if you, the little dude raised his hand in the back. <laughs> For real. He's like, me. That's what you have. I love it. No, there's a, there's a friend of God here. And I was like, man, how am I going to talk about zuhud? And I was like, I'm just going to talk about it. I'm just going to talk about it. Stop loving the world, y'all. Love Allah. And the world doesn't mean family. It doesn't mean investments in charity. It doesn't mean helping people. That's not the world. Because why do you do it? You do it for Allah. Everything that you do for Allah is not a part of this world. But be careful that you play yourself. Be careful that you play yourself. That you tell yourself you're doing it for Allah, but deep inside you know it's for your own gratification. Be aware of your inner intentions. Be cognizant of that. The turtle that we're trying to cross. Let me finish his words though. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, No, what you have to give up, you have to give up the extra. The purpose of what you consume and get is for strength to keep moving, to keep going. So that you can worship Allah, help in the path of God. When, and for the brother, like people who exercise, like when difficulties happen, we need strength. When I'm moving, I'm going to hit y'all up. <laughs> no, we need, you need a strong believer. The Prophet said, Al-Mu'min Qawi, Khayram min Mu'min Da'if. Done, right there. That's your intention. The moment you get in that mirror, you better watch yourself. Then he says, Then he says, 
So here he's basically breaking down the fact that Allah has made it the sunnah that we have to strive for our livelihood. Yes, we can't sit at home and wait to be fed. That was a miracle given to Maryam. That was a miracle given to Maryam. The rest of us have to strive and struggle. So you're working hard at your job is not dunya. So long as you have that right intention of why you're doing. But if you're in that rat race to keep going higher and higher and higher for the sake of heights, ask yourself, is it dunya I love or am I using the dunya to gain his love? May Allah accept it from us, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiru wa atubu ilayk. Ya Allah, we ask you to bless our hearts, Ya Allah, with your love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to ease the suffering of our brothers and sisters around the world. Ya Allah, our brothers and sisters in Libya and Morocco, Ya Allah, in Palestine, Ya Allah, we ask you to make it easy for them, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, in this difficult moment, Ya Allah, we ask you to give them serenity in their hearts to know that you are with them, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, we turn to you, Ya Allah, you are the most wise, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. You are the most merciful, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. We ask you to forgive this ummah for our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive this ummah for our sins, Ya Allah. We turn to you, Ya Allah. We are apologetic, Ya Allah, for how much we've been chasing after this world as if we were only created for the world. But we turn to you and we beg of you and ask you, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us. Alleviate our suffering. Make it easy for our brothers and sisters around the world, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, we turn to you with open hearts in this moment, asking you, Ya Allah, regardless of yesterday, Ya Allah, in this moment you brought us here, we with our hands raised, Ya Allah, we know that you hear us, Ya Allah. We ask you to forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah, and take the love of this dunya out of our heart, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Subhanahu Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun. Wa Salamun Alayl Mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.